Podcast Fresh. Welcome to the last wrestling podcast. This is your WWE Extreme Rules uh, results and review show. So let's get to it. Tonight's show was live from the Nationwide Arena in Columbus, Ohio. Headlined by Roman Reigns defending the SmackDown, the Blue Universal Championship against the Demon Finn Balor. On the pre-show, they decided to put Carmella and Liv Morgan here. I did not get a chance to uh, see this match as of this recording, so I will share my opinion um, probably in the next episode of The Last Wrestling Podcast. But they put Morgan over. They put her over in seven minutes, and I guess she dropped Carmella face first on the announce table to play off the beauty thing. So Morgan gets the win, and apparently she got a nice pop at the end. So good for Morgan. Um Hey, man, let's go with her. Come on, WWE. So, of course, we start off the pay-per-view with a surprise unannounced six-man. We have the New Day taking on AJ, Omos, and Lashley. This was good. Physical, some pretty good spots. They played off of Omos's size. Again, they're just building him up as this killer. Um, finish saw Biggie pinning Lashley. Good opener. These guys went about half an hour. And it was a good, well-worked match. I probably would have gone with a shorter match, something a little bit quicker, but uh, this was fine for a starter. Up next was the SmackDown Tag Team Championship. The Usos defending the belts against the Street Profits. They had a really good match. Ford, of course, had the ribs all taped up because of the injury. Everybody worked really hard. There was a We Want the Smoke chant at one point. The fans really wanted to see the extreme part of Extreme Rules. And unfortunately, tonight, they didn't really get it. They got a little bit of it in the end, but we'll get to that. Street Profits hit a doomsday blockbuster for a two-count that looked pretty crazy. In the end, Jimmy went for a super kick. Dawkins uh, ended up taking it instead, taking it for his um, for his partner. And then the Usos just finished him with a double super kick and double splash. Peace out. This was just a showcase match to uh, just display the Usos and just to keep them up there as we toast them up or keep them warm for the next program. But it was the right call here. It wasn't the time to get the belts off the Usos just yet. Bobby Lashley cut a promo backstage and he's pissed. And uh, he basically calls Big E a, a cheater, saying that he waited until he uh, he hurt himself by uh, <laughs> by injuring McIntyre. But he said he hurt himself and then uh, that Big E came in and basically took advantage of a fallen man. So he calls him a coward and a chicken. He demands a title shot. No BS. It basically sounds like nobody around the ring kind of thing, just one-on-one, and uh, we will wait to see what uh, Biggie says. Spoiler alert, Biggie does um, he does respond and say that he accepts the match. Though set up for tomorrow's Raw is a world heavyweight title match on the Raw side. Biggie defending the strap against Lashley, this time one-on-one, and it sounds like it's going to be a no BS match, but we, whatever that means. We'll, I'm sure we'll get a BS finish. Next was the Raw Women's uh, Championship match. Charlotte Flair defending the belt against Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss got a nice reception, a a good uh, welcome. It wasn't uh, anything uh, too crazy, but she did get the uh, the, the fans, obviously, from the hometown there behind her early. Both women fought really, really hard. I thought both of them uh, 
tried their best to just do a good, solid wrestling match. But, of course, we knew that there was going to be some, uh, just some insanity. Um, they both basically hit each other with their finishes. Flair had her beat a couple times. Bliss would not stay down. Uh, Bliss hit a DDT at one point, almost got her. Um, basically, the ending was uh, Flair just throwing that stupid doll at Bliss and then hitting a big boot. And she followed her up with natural selection. And she won. And that was it. And so it's a clean as you're going to get of a win, you know. Um, you know. And after the match, you know, she threw, Flair threw Bliss out of the ring and pretty much ripped up Lily into pieces. And the fans booed that. And then all of a sudden, just Alexa just started crying when she saw the, the toy or the doll, rather. She was really upset, started crying. This went on forever. There was a tables chant. By this point, we're past an, almost at an hour, and we haven't even seen a table, chair, candlestick, nothing. And this show is called Extreme Rules. Flair posed with the belt, and she walked off. After this, it was kind of like uh, the fans applauded Bliss. Um, they broke into loud thank you, Lily chants. And this is where Bliss just started screaming some more, and this is when uh, she just lost her mind, and we ended there. Uh, welcome. What a homecoming. What a homecoming for Bliss. I don't know what you do with Alexa Bliss, but with the draft coming up on Friday, I would probably grab Bliss, switch her over to Raw because they're really light on baby faces, and you go full him, uh, baby face, Alexa Bliss on Raw, and she's got plenty of people to fight over there. Nia Jax, she can fight Sheena Baszler, uh, anybody else, Tominsky, Natty Neidhart, um, any of them, any of them people she can fight, so... There's no shortage of, of competitors on that side. So I would see Alexa Bliss going over to the SmackDown side. Having said that, everything's going to flip. But I would say she needs to be... I would put her back at babyface at this point. Backstage, we see our favorite duo, Kayla Braxton, snooping and creeping up on Paul Heyman, who's on the phone. Of course he is. And uh, he's trying to. she's trying to see who it is. And Heyman starts mocking her and... Asking, you know, are you jealous? Are you, are you wondering if I'm with another, if I'm talking to another journalist? Um, are you wondering if I'm talking to another female? Like, this is random. And uh, he says that it didn't matter who he's on the phone with, uh, even if it is Brock Lesnar. He then walked off uh, when the Usos came by. So, whatever. Next match, we saw the U.S. title being defended. United States champ Damian Priest, perhaps the Best protected uh, NXT talent to come up, at least this year, and probably for a long time. I'm trying to remember the last one that hasn't been screwed up. Damian Priest taking on Jeff Hardy. It is Je uh, Damian Priest's birthday. He took on Jeff Hardy here, and uh, Sheamus, uh, hopefully Sheamus does not break his nose here. Uh, he did not. This one went about 10 to 15 minutes. I think it was right in the middle there. They had a pretty good match, and it really got... Like, by this point, the fans were a little bit sitting on their hands. I think they were a little bit disappointed that we were, you know, two, three matches in, and we hadn't even seen uh, a steel chair or a candlestick, half a ladder, nothing. So um, this one did get physical, and it, they really, the fans started buying the near falls toward the end. It was pretty damn cool. The fans really wanted Jeff Hardy to win. That was obvious. There was a Hardy chant, a table chant. Um, the fans really got loud toward the end. There was one rough little spot where uh, Hardy caught Sheamus with a twist of fate. What happened was Priest went for his finisher, which is kind of like that. Uh, starts off with like a reverse DDT almost, and then he flips you over. They just had a rough spot there where I think Jeff was supposed to reverse it into a twist of fate. Um, 
but whatever. They ended up doing a dragon sleeper. It's they 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 kind of fixed it up as best that they could, and it's fine. Sometimes these things happen, and if you can fix it up in a creative way, great. If not, then that's fine. Just move on. Or sometimes you got to repeat it. But in this case, they just improvised it a little bit, and uh, and it was fine. When Hardy hit the uh, Swanton bomb, the fans really thought that he was going to win, but there was a kick out, and so the fans just started booing Priest at this point, cheering Hardy. The finish was sort of a typical WWE finish where you steal the shine. Sheamus hit the bro kick on Hardy, but Priest ended up rolling up Sheamus to regain, uh, to retain the belt, rather. And then after the match, Priest celebrated his win. And um, this was cool. They shook hands and, you know, because it was Damien Priest's birthday and Hardy had already shown him respect on the bump. So this was cool. And uh, <laughs> Damien Priest was doing, like, the Jeff Hardy mannerisms and then Jeff Hardy did the, uh, the bow and arrow thing. So it was cool, man. I like that. Like I said, uh, Damien Priest has been one of the more protected guys, so I wonder what you put with him here, but I'm glad they protected him because he's as close as you're going to get right now anyway to a feasible world title contender if you need to heat up somebody. So it's good that he's being protected. And I think at this point, Sheamus maybe takes some time off to get that nose healed. And Jeff Hardy, I don't know what you do here. I, I would like to see a proper... Match with Damien Priest, but it doesn't have to be a blood feud. The only issue is they've already kind of been doing this for a couple of weeks. And so I don't know if it's feasible to have a pay-per-view match. Or maybe you put them together. You have Jeff Hardy kind of hang out with Damien Priest. And maybe there can be some kind of like an odd couple kind of thing, right? Um, I don't know. Student teacher? That might work. Damien Priest? Bad Bunny? The Rabbits? All that stuff? I don't know. We went backstage. We're indeed... Big E Langston accepted Bobby Lashley's challenge and he said he'll be in the ring at 8 o'clock. So we are starting off raw hot tomorrow. We're starting off with Big E versus Bobby Lashley for the world title um, to start off the show. So that's that should be good. Can we get a decent finish? I mean, let's get a good finish, but um, one miracle at a time. Bianca Belair took on Becky Lynch as she tries to get back the world title that she lost in 26 seconds. This one got some time, just under 20 minutes with all the intros. There was a good match. It was They were not on their way to having some kind of a classic, but it was a really good match. They, they did get the crowd into it. It did give this match a big fight feel. It did feel like they were fighting for something. Um, there were some really good spots. Bianca Belair showed just how powerful she is. Uh, and, and um, you know, Becky was just doing the heel stuff, which was really, really tremendous. The fans were split. There was Let's Go Becky Chance and EST for Bianca Belair. Uh, both women just uh, putting on a pretty good show here. Some of the spots were not perfect, especially some of the more obvious ones where the, maybe the camera was in the wrong place. And it just looked very obvious like they were working together to lift themselves up and hoist themselves up and things like that. So it was from a smoothness factor. It was missing a little bit of that. But... I thought overall it was a really good match. Unfortunately, the finish was pretty shitty. They traded shots, and uh, what happened was Lynch kind of made it through and went for the disarmor, but Belair ended up powering out. Uh, Belair then went for her finisher. It looked like she was about to hit it in the middle of the ring when Sasha Banks runs in. DQ. Heat, heat, heat. Banks attacking Belair, attacking Belair. They're brawling outside with Lynch. So it appears she's not here to turn on Belair and go with Lynch or anything like that. She's here to whip some asses and get a shot at the belt. She promised to be on SmackDown for the draft. She was talking audibly out loud. Oh, no, there's a camera right there. 
But she basically said that uh, she'll be at the draft. And listen, everybody's going to be at the draft. Everybody's going to be at the draft. Everything's going to change. And that's kind of why this ending is kind of uh, it pisses me off a little bit because it's so lazy. Like, it's so lazy. You couldn't, you couldn't have either of them lose, so your way out is to do, do that bullshit DQ finish. And I get it. Wait for it to play out, kid. The draft is coming on Friday. Wait for it. Yeah, okay, you can reverse engineer it so that it makes sense. But on this night, you denied people a finish to what was already a hotly advertised match uh, for Bianca Belair for SummerSlam. And that got changed, obviously, for things outside their control, but that still ended in a 26-second match. And here we are again. And this time we get the full match, but the ending is messed up. So I don't know which of the two which of the two evils is the better one. I'm not 100% sure. But this was not it, and I don't know. Yes, Banks is back, great, whatever. But with the, the, with the draft on Friday, it doesn't mean anything. You get what I'm saying? Like, all these chips are going to change. All these, uh, these players are going to change on the chessboard anyway. So to me, it was just a lazy excuse to not give you a finish, and that's all I got to say about that. Main event saw a real physical one. Roman Reigns taking on Finn Balor, the demon. This one was really physical. Tons of crazy shit. They still made everybody wait for the table spot, which everybody wanted. At one point, they were chanting tables. And um, it was funny because I was going to jump on Roman. I was like, oh, man, they're chanting for tables. And you're going to go to be the one to get the table. Like, that's stealing kind of the other guy's... Uh, heat a little bit especially when Finn Balor does have the crowd but it's not like some overwhelming response you definitely he definitely could have used that pop but instead uh, Roman Reigns went under the ring and he pulled in a kendo stick which was awesome uh, Finn Balor produced uh, like a like a triple candlestick like wrapped up in the demon colors that was interesting so he whipped uh, Roman's ass with that one of course he knew the Usos were going to get involved and for the most part the Usos did have some good spots here but uh, Balor was able to kick most of their asses and he even put uh, one of them through a table which was awesome Reigns ended up putting him through a table um, so at this point there was like a this is awesome chant spear attempts, Superman attempts. There was all kinds of really good stuff toward the end. And then it, things just got crazy. Balor was fighting back, took out Jimmy across a table, and then he gave uh, Jay a powerbomb through the another table to a huge pop. Everyone's going nuts here. And uh, it almost appears like, hey, we're reaching the end of this match. And, and we were, but just not in the way that everybody thought. As uh, Balor circles the ring, he's speared by Roman Reigns through that padded spearing area, as I like to call it, <laughs> where all the spears seem to happen. At this point, Finn, Finn Balor's out. He's face down, and we start hearing the heartbeat over the speakers. And every time the heartbeat goes off, Balor suddenly like jumping up. He jumps to his feet. It's, it's his song, basically. And as his song hits, he's running wild. And he's attacking Roman. He's beating him around ringside. He puts Roman through a table. And then he throws him back in the ring. He climbs to the top rope. And here I'm thinking, my God, because there's like they had the smoke machine that was very evident that was connected to the post and the smoke was coming out. And here they had this guy in the ring with these red lights on about to do this, this top rope move. And the coup de gras, and I was I was just more worried about him. Is is he gonna be able to do it with little to no visibility? And we got our answer. It would not be answered because the top rope snapped. That's right, the top rope 
snapped. Balor fell to the ring. The lights turned back on because the party was over. Reigns hit the spear for the win. That's it. There's no explanation. I'm sure, you know, wait and see, blah, blah, blah. Reigns looked surprised. He pointed up, thank the gods, I guess, or whomever he was thanking for maybe that happening or just for him winning the match. It's up to the eye of the beholder to assume what that was all about. But Roman Reigns seemed to pay thanks here at the end. WWE champion Biggie Bobby Lashley is official for Raw. Roman will be turned on SmackDown on Friday. Maybe, maybe not his last night on SmackDown for the draft. And it's draft night one on Friday, night two next week. That'll be eight days post WWE Extreme rules. So, I mean, overall, I thought the wrestling on the show was good to great. Uh, there was nothing solid here. There's nothing that's going to win a Dave Meltzer a five-star award or anything like that. Um, but I thought it was a it was a good pay per view. It was hampered by some really shitty finishes, unfortunately. You know the Bianca Belair Becky Lynch one to me personally just pissed me off the most. That one completely turned me off. Um, and then just the, the nonsense at the end of the Balor Roman Reigns match. I mean, why why would you even believe in the demon at this point? I mean, that's a dead gimmick. You might as well just put him on main event with the other guy with the mask from Mortal Kombat. You know, like who cares? Um, that's definitely not how I would have done it. And I think, yeah, sure, you make Roman look great and you perhaps set up a different program. Who cut the top rope, et cetera, et cetera. That's what it sounds like. It's going to be a whodunit. Turns out it was Brock. Who knows? But I thought you did a disservice to Finn Balor. I thought you could have given Balor a little bit more. They did give him more than most for sure, especially with the, with the lights turning red and he got the music and he got to whip some ass for a little bit. But it wasn't enough of it. And it was obviously a very heel-centric show. And that's fine. It's going to happen sometimes. But I thought we were ripped off by some potentially really good moments and some really good matches. Um and yeah, I thought they did a good job with Damian Priest. That was cool. And you do set up a lot of excitement as to what's next. But it just seems like, you know, WWE, they have, they, they, they have the luck that this week they can do whatever they want because it's the draft and people are going to be going back and forth for the next one to two weeks before things finally settle down, as it usually does. But I just thought, you know, that Bianca Belair, it's just such a disservice to her. And she is proving that she is a star because she still gets unbelievable reactions even when she's being booked not the best, in my opinion. So that's it. Tomorrow we have Raw. That's going to be Big E taking on um, Bobby Lashley for the belt. This one will be a singles match. So if you recall, Big E did beat him, but in a triple threat match. So this one is going to be a guest for the world title with no BS is what it sounds like. We'll see. I'll... I'll let you guys know if there's any BS on that next week. I'm sure you'll know, but we'll all laugh together. But I would love nothing more than a clean win. Just set us up. Um, I think Big E beating, beating Lashley clean doesn't hurt Bobby Lashley at all. But it remains to be seen. So that's tomorrow. We're going to get on out of here. Tune in later this week for our podcast fresh. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Podcast Fresh, the last wrestling podcast is coming up tomorrow. That is Monday. Um, and we will look at the, we will look back at some of the topics from the previous week leading up into this week. Also, if you're watching the Dynamite Show, do not forget to check out Adam Cole taking on Jungle Boy. That's going to happen this Wednesday on Dynamite. That'll be fun. So check that one out. If you want to throw me an email on my podcastfresh2020 at gmail.com on Twitter, we are at podcastfreshto, and of course, join us on Instagram at podcastfresh. 
I'm Chris Torres. I'll catch you guys later. Podcast Fresh.